strength, resilience, overcoming, becoming. These are just some of the words that kept coming to me as I was chatting with Tori Linder, my guest on the podcast today. She shares with us her incredible story of loss, of addiction, of postpartum depression, and through it all, the theme is standing back up again, a resilience, strength of mind and character to just keep moving forward. I have so much respect and admiration for Tori, and I'm so grateful that she chose to share her story with us today. It really is truly inspiring. She is now a mom of a beautiful two-year-old little girl and a business owner, and she is just thriving. And I think hearing her story can inspire so many. She made the decision to keep going, to stand back up and to say, this is not my story. So I really hope you enjoy hearing from Tori today. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire podcast. Hello, Tori, and welcome to Around the Campfire. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to this chat. You have a truly incredible story, but first, can you tell us a bit about you, who you're a mom to, etc.? Yeah, so my name is Tori Linder. Um, I've lived in Indianapolis, Indiana my whole life, and um, I'm a mom to a two-year-old girl. Mm. Her name is Ellie. Um, And then I am, well, I've been a stay-at-home mom for two years until I just recently started my uh, spray tanning business. Awesome. And I want to get into how you started that and the passion that you've discovered. But first, I would love, if you're open to it, to talk about your story and sort of the evolution of Tori. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's kind of uh, had a really crappy hand dealt to me, um, but mm-hmm. I've made the best of it. Um, so I... S- from when I was 14, um, I lost my mother to a brain aneurysm. Um, so just before my freshman year, I had that loss. And mm. then going into uh, the last semester of my senior year, um, at 18, I had lost my father to uh, brain and lung cancer. Um, mm. We only knew uh, for a week before he had actually passed. So Oh, my God. That was pretty sudden as well um so then before my dad passed I had kind of dabbled into using um well I had really bad migraines and I would get prescribed Vicodins and stuff Mm. for uh, really bad migraines so I just kind of stuck with that path and that um just kept using those uh using drugs and trying to cope with my mom, um, which then even got worse after my dad. I just, that was just devastating to me to 
literally lose both of your parents. And so were you I, living on your own then or what, what did yeah, you do? Yeah. I was, um, living with a boyfriend at the time. Uh, I, um, yeah, so I was living with him and then just kind of, uh, stayed with him until, well, he was kind of part of my problem too. So mm. after we broke up, um, I was completely on my own after that. Um, just working two jobs, going to school. Uh, I finished my associate's degree in medical assisting, uh, while using drugs. Um, I was pretty, active in both like no none of my family knew I was doing it because I hit right. it so well and I was still making straight A's in school and still doing everything I needed to do while um coping with my family loss uh right and then I got my associate's degree in medical assisting and then from then on I just worked I worked a lot i kept a roof over my head. Everything I owned was mine. I did for myself. Um, I don't know how long I actually used for, I want to say quite a long time. Um, before it just got, I got, had gotten into a little trouble. Mm -hmm. Money issues got, uh, I was using all of my money on drugs. Um, I was staying with the boyfriend's parents um, there was just a whole bunch of mess. <laughs> right. And then that led me to hitting my rock bottom and, and reaching out to my brother to get help. Um, and he did. Did, did you go into recovery or? Yeah. Um, like I, no, my, um, godmother, I would call her, um, my mom's really good friend. Uh, I grew up with her and my brother too. We saw her as as a parent, um, once my mom did pass and she kind of took me in and locked the doors and I just withdrawed on the couch. Mm -hmm. Um, I did go to a hospital to see if they could treat me, but there's just no, if you don't have money, there's not really much help out there for adults. Oh man. So we went to the hospital. They couldn't help. We called, I mean, they, my family did, my sister's, um, and my brother did everything they could to get me into a house, but it, there was nothing available right then and there. So that's when my, my godmother was just like, here, stay here and you're not leaving and I'm going to watch you. And she has this, uh, she works from home. So she was able to, to really watch me and get me through that. And it was, it was definitely very, very tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that sh they saved my life. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And how How old were you then? I was nineteen. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I did some jail time <laughs> for my. <Okay. laughs> um, yeah, not many people know about that, but it is part of my story. It's part of yeah. my recovery. Um, is that after you got sober? Yeah. Well, that was actually like right in the middle. Like I had just gotten through maybe four or five days of 
sobriety, maybe even longer. It was just so cloudy. Um, but I had, um, failed to cooperate with my plea agreement at the exact same time. So Mm. I actually had a warrant out for my arrest and they, um, picked me up at my godmother's house in the middle of, uh, detoxing. So I spent the rest of my time detoxing and in jail, I went to Marion County and then I went to, um, oh, uh, I spent time in two different jails just because of transferring to a different county. Um, but spent two months in there and then mm-hmm. I got out to a thing called work release where you can work and then at night you come, uh, back to, pretty much like a, a jail, um, right. that you're able to leave and come back. Um, were you able to maintain your sobriety through that? Yeah, that's, I had to, I okay. just that experience. Like I saw a bunch of girls, um, coming in and out of the jail and everyone was welcoming them back. Oh. Like, Hey girl, it's good to see you again. And it's like, wow. no, I do not want to be that person ever. Like yeah. that comment the loan just was like I have to get out of here and never ever come back I will never come back and so that really just yeah I I never wanted to ever again after that I was just like I know I'm better than this the whole time I was using I was repeating that in my head I'm like my parents would not be happy about this I know I shouldn't be doing this but my body told me otherwise, you know, my head was telling me one thing and the pain of withdrawal was telling me another. And so that one was, that demon was a lot stronger than, uh, than my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, once I was able to get out of there and start working for myself again and just really manifesting like my dreams and what I wanted to see my future look like. And they just kept happening. And they just like, it was just shocking to me that mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to get a job and pay for all these fees. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was making my payments on time and just everything good was just coming my way. And I was just, it was overwhelming actually, just how powerful I could be when I put my mind to it. Uh, I want to just take a second and acknowledge you because it seems like even from when your mom passed, you have taken initiative and taken control. And I know I I read in your bio that you, you know, even were working jobs to pay your own cell phone bill after your mom passed so that you wouldn't have to, you know, be a bear on your dad. And, and it seems like you've always just been that self-starter and taken that initiative and even in that darkness, you were still working and taking control of your own life. And not many people that suffer addiction would have that sort of fortitude, that strength of mind to actually come through it. And I mean, when you say you don't want that to be your story, and that's you know what those girls were saying, and you didn't want that to be you, what you overcame to realize that reality and to come out of it. It's just, 
truly remarkable. And I just really want to acknowledge you for that. Yeah, thank you. I I don't know what it is about me that, you know, like it's, I don't know if it's just the lessons my parents instilled in me or just yeah. everything. I just, I just want to keep going, you know, even yeah. in my darkest time, like I still didn't want to actually give up. I thought about it, but I didn't want to actually do it, you yeah. know, so yeah, thank you. I just... <laughs> It sounds like you have an amazing family as well. I mean, the fact that your your sisters and your brother and your godmother, everybody rallied around you. It, oh, yeah. You know, I think it sounds like you come from a really incredible family. So they've really given you a gift of that of that strength for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They They were a big part of me wanting to continue to be sober, to to prove to them that I could do it first, and then to just repay like just to never put them through that pain again like that just really hurt me and I knew how disappointed they were and it just killed me Mm -hmm. that they had to go through that and to be scared for me and yeah so I just never wanted to put them through that again and how long have you been sober now uh September will be six years amazing congratulations thank you very much that that is just incredible it's huge and now you have a daughter I do it's so crazy (laughs) (laughs) now I know you mentioned uh in your story to me that you suffered from pre and postpartum depression um can you tell me a little bit about that yeah um I mean obviously at the time you don't I didn't think I was going through it. I just, Mm -hmm. um, but it was, there's never a good time to get pregnant. (laughs) Like there was so much going on in my life at the time. Um, we were moving out and into a new home. We were searching for that home. Um, my boyfriend's parents were moving from Texas up to here. So we're trying to find them a home, um, which they ended up moving in with us. Um, but moving everything into our home once we found it and nesting, trying to nest Mm -hmm. as much as possible. Um, So that all was pretty stressful. My boyfriend works, uh, travels a lot for work. So he was away um, a lot during that time. So we, I think we signed the papers from a different state for the house. Like it was (laughs) just completely stressful for me and I had no control over what he was doing with the house and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, so that had a lot to do with that. I was pretty lonely because Mm -hmm. he was away. Um, you know, I had family around, but it just felt very lonely for me. Um, he didn't, this is his first baby too. And I think it was just weird for him. Um, the whole concept, he was probably scared too. And just like, he almost just kept his distance. And that really hurt me just cause I was like, why are you doing this? Because, you know, this is supposed to be a happy time. We're supposed to be happy. We're having a baby and we're doing all these things together. And it just seemed like neither of us were. And I just didn't know why. 
Um, so then when she came, um, the delivery was really hard and really tough. Um, she ended up having to go to the NICU immediately oh. and, um, but things seemed to get a little better between us, um, but just never really did, um, mm. for a few months even. Um, and then with his parents being with us, that was a huge toll on me. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so then once she was here, I just, like, I look back now and I just feel so bad in those times. Like I see those pictures and I'm just, I just remember how sad I was and how, like I couldn't enjoy those moments with her at that little mm-hmm. baby stage and that cuddle stage. Like I did, of course, cuddle her, but it was just a weird time. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I just felt really alone. Um, yeah, it was just a very depressing stage. I didn't want to do much of anything but stay in my room with my baby you know I didn't want anybody to touch her I didn't I just wanted to do all the things for her like she was my responsibility only Mm -hmm. but then later realizing like help is good (laughs) I was just gonna say did you ever reach out for help yeah no I mean one day I just had an epiphany and was just like what is wrong with you? Like, why are you so angry at everything? Like, Mm. I didn't want anybody else to hold her or I'd be angry or I would just sit in just a lot of anger and I didn't know why. And I just, it was a weird thing. Like I wanted a bunch of kids when I was younger (laughs) and now I'm like one and done. Like I don't (laughs) I'm just like they're great and all but like I just am scared to go through that again yeah it was I wasn't sure I'd get through it um and I just imagined all these I mean even on social media and stuff they don't tell you about postpartum and they don't know you know and so I mean it's getting better now but um, yeah, I just didn't know the signs. I didn't know who to turn to for help. I didn't know, you know, I would always, I was good at hiding stuff from my family. So I just, mm-hmm. I was okay to them, you know, and that was just the norm for me, I guess. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's calm. Now it's getting more common for people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. because there was such a sort of hide it away everything's fine uh for a long time but now i think with the light that's being shone on mental health and everything people are actually talking about it more but still not as much as they could be i think it is so common and so prevalent for moms to go through exactly what you're describing and whether it's postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or both you know only now are we really starting to to get into it and hear about it and we need to do more of it because otherwise moms will think there is something wrong right yeah yeah I mean my best friend had a a baby after me and I just was like 
telling her all the signs that I was going through and how I like I was just really drilling her because I was like if you feel any of this like you need to tell me because you know it's it's lonely and it's it's really sucks (laughs) so um yeah I was really hard on her for that um but she's got a lot of help so I think she's doing okay but even just you serving her in that way and giving that you know really that gift of being there for her and recognizing it in yourself and knowing what you need to do I mean I know from reading your story that you did get through it and obviously you're here today and and you have had this sort of um you know like I said earlier, evolution of your life. So how did you come through the postpartum? One day I just, I just had enough really of how I was feeling and how I was acting. And I just asked myself those questions. Why are you so angry? Why Mm -hmm. don't you want his parents to take them? Like anytime we left the house just to go run errands without her, I would just be miserable the whole time we were away and I'm just like just enjoy this time like yeah. just take this moment just you're away from her just be with your boyfriend like just be with him spend time with him and I'm just like this is good for us we have to talk we have to connect again like because we aren't right now you know so I just really just recognized my actions and and changed them I started to do a workout program again and get my body back in shape. I gained 70 pounds, um, during my pregnancy. So mm-hmm. that was a huge part of postpartum depression. Right. And pre. Not um, feeling good. Yeah. And just got my nutrition back to where it was, you know, it should be. And mm-hmm. those steps really helped after that conversation with myself, put those into play and just, felt really good once I started losing weight and just everything just started going from there and the momentum kept going and I just kept going with it and have just progressively gotten better over time. Um, It's probably just been a a little under a year or a year that I've actually felt like my very best. Amazing. Having her. Yeah. Well, and again, that strength of knowing what you needed to do to take control and pull yourself out of a dark situation. Again, I mean, that's just, that's just incredible and really admirable. I, it's, you're amazing. <laughs> I, just, I, I really, I think you have such a story to share because um, not a lot of women know what to do in those moments. Right. And hearing your story might shine a light on it and help them realize that they do have the power to, bring themselves out of it to ask for help and to change the story. So that's just amazing. Yeah. Now, when you started coming out of this, you said it's just a little over a year ago, but within that last year, you started a business. So can we talk about that a bit? Cause I love that you've, you've found this passion. Yeah. It was literally laid on my lap. Like it was oh. weird how it all happened, but just being a stay at home mom for, two years. I mean, I still stay with her, um, until work. Um, but I just had to find, like, I was doing the exercise. I was eating better. I was feeling good. And I was, I worked my whole life. 
so taking this time off, I was just out of my mind. <laughs> I just had to find something else to do. I thought of hobbies. I just was trying to think of anything that could allow me to have a flexible schedule, to be able to travel with my boyfriend when he goes away for work, to be home with my daughter still. Um, and I knew that a nine to five job was not for me anymore. I just, right. I just could not do that. And um, I was getting my haircut and we were talking and she was telling me about another girl that does this. And I was just like, it just clicked. I was like, I could do that. Um, uh, spray tanning. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I think you mentioned it at the very beginning. So absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Um, so I was just like, I could do that. I could, you know, I could do that. So I went home, I did research and I became obsessed and I just, mm-hmm. I really dug in and I really just, it started amping me up and I was getting really excited about it. And I was saving up, um, I would work for my boyfriend and his company and I would save up my money that I was making to buy the equipment and then start practicing and, and bought the, um, the course, uh, the training course. And I went to Atlanta to get certified and through the whole time I was just so excited and I knew exactly how I felt when I got a spray tan or had a tan in general. And it just makes you feel good. It just, Mm. Like I had to stop um, laying in the sun when I got pregnant and I was just like, oh, this stinks, you know? Um, So I would get spray tans and then I got big enough that I was showing and I got freaked out and was like, oh no, (laughs) a pregnant woman shouldn't be going in to get spray tans. So, um, but it is, it's now safe for pregnant Mm -hmm. women, but um, I just remember how I feel with a tan and I just want to share that for others. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And it just feels so good to be doing just a little part in somebody's life or Mm -hmm. a week. I mean, it's really temporary, but almost instantly you feel 10 times better about your body, about your look, your feel, everything changes once Mm -hmm. I'm done spray tanning a person. And it, is really rewarding for me just to be able to do that for somebody else. Like I've always wanted to play a role in somebody's life. Like I wanted to have a purpose and I feel like finally I found something I really, really love to do. That's awesome. I think it's, it's great that you're helping people feel good in their bodies. I love that. And also sun safety. I mean, I'm a a big fan of sun safety, but I do feel good when I have a bit of a tan. So I love going to get a spray tan and I think, and you go into people's homes, right? I do. Yeah. So I'm a mobile artist. So it's really convenient for stay at home moms or moms in general that can't leave their kids in the the salon while she gets a spray tan. Um, even postpartum moms, you know, just to feel good, like, cause it just feels good to hide yeah. the stretch marks, to blend all the cellulite, to, you know, do all those things for you. Um, and yeah, you just feel like you're being completely pampered in the process. You don't have to leave your house. You just, and it's affordable and it's just really, really cool. <laughs> 
It's funny. You say that you knew you had a purpose and you wanted to help people. And I think it's amazing what you're doing with the physical stuff, but also I think your story, you are going to see that evolve into your purpose and sharing that with people like you're doing today. I think you're going to see even more how you can help and serve people. I think the spray tanning is incredible and I love that you found that passion and it's amazing to go to work every day doing something you absolutely love. But I also think that you have such a gift of the way you can share your story and the strength that you have shown coming through all of that. Um, You're just, yeah, I think you are a light in this world and you, you need to be sharing more and more and more. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. Um, You know, I'm proud of myself for where I am today and it, it's weird to say that, you know, I am, (laughs) I have been through a lot and I am proud of myself. So, and I do want to help others. Um, I just sometimes think that what, who am I, you know, how am I really going to help somebody? But when I do share my story, I do get comments. I mean, little snippets of my story. Uh, People do comment and say that I'm inspiring and that, you know, so. Hopefully I can keep doing this. (laughs) You absolutely should. All right. So I have a couple questions that I ask most of my guests. Um, If you could define balance or do you even believe balance exists as a mom? Um, I think so. Um, I haven't really experienced the work and child life um, enough yet. I mean... Um, but I can bring her to certain appointments with me. So it's, and I want to, to show her, um, Mm. just what I do and, and be a part of my work and not necessarily be separated from it. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, working from home, I do need my space and my time to do that. Right. Um, but it is, I think I'm doing it. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Do you make time for self care and what does that look like for you? Yeah. I mean, going to work is a little bit of self care to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I always get excited on my way there and then I just feel so good afterwards. Like that Amazing. is my self-care pretty much. Um, getting that time with adults and with women, other women, like t- just talking to them and uh, becoming friends with them. Um, also spray tanning myself once a week gets me uh, very, very happy. And then just staying consistent with my workouts and eating, right. eating properly. So. That's awesome. So, so far in your life as a mom, uh, what is the biggest lesson you have learned? Um, it would probably have to be that away time, like taking mm-hmm. that time away from the child or away from your children, going on trips. Um, Cause we have, and I've just learned to kind of just, yeah, of course I miss her and I worry about her, Mm -hmm. but I know she's in good hands 
just have just know that and just try and enjoy your time away because it's important for you and it's important for you and your partner to have that time. My grandma always says, um, if I leave for a trip uh, with my boyfriend, if I'm uh, going alone and or without, <laughs> without the baby, because right. um, she always thinks it's important too that we do things uh, without her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing to do at first for sure, but to know that your children are safe, taken care of, loved on, and that it's important for that time for you, for you and your partner. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. I really, I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Now, how can our listeners connect with you to learn more, whether it's in Indianapolis to get a spray tan or whether it's just to follow your story? Yeah, um, I've been mostly online on my business account, which is a glow underscore mobile spray tanning. Um, That's where you can find most of my story and most of uh, my business work. But I'm also at Tory Lender. T-O-R-E-Y-L-I-N-D-E-R on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, awesome. I will link all of that up in the show notes. Well, Tori, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story so openly. I so admire you and I want you to keep sharing your story as much as possible because you truly are an inspiration and so many parts of your story can resonate with people and really help to lift them up. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hey mama, if you are enjoying the Around the Campfire podcast, please subscribe and share it out to your networks. You just take a picture of yourself, do a screenshot listening to the podcast and share it on Instagram. Tag me at MomCampLife. Tag friends that you think would really benefit from hearing that day's episode. I get to speak to such incredible women doing this podcast. I am so grateful and I would just love for as many moms as possible to hear it and be inspired and motivated. So thank you in advance. Subscribe and share. I really appreciate it. All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.com slash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.